Hello, hello, and good evening. Thank you for joining us once again for the eighth episode of The Orbit. I am your host, Azrael, Azrael as it gets. And as always, I am joined by my co-hosts and fellow Eternal Orbit teammates, Mr. Exiles Rhythm. Yep. And Mr. Root Clouds. What's up? How you guys doing today? <laughs> Fantastic, Az. How are you doing? I'm doing great. The crew is finally back together for the first time in like three weeks, four weeks. Got everybody here. It's been a month since we got together. It might be. Might be, yeah, because between vacations and people being (laughs) sick and people being at conventions, uh, it's been it's been a bit of of a cluster. But but here we are, all back together in the same place. Let's go. Yeah, Avengers Endgame doesn't have anything on (laughs) what we're putting together tonight. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've had five episodes of the three of us, but it's not important. That's right. Orbitals assemble? That doesn't sound quite as good. Yeah, it sounds too. (laughs) We're trying to hit the the PG market here. That's right. Oh, God. (laughs) This just went in a direction it never needed to go. Oh, man. Back on topic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh so i mean guys it's been it's been two weeks in the new meta two weeks in a day new meta what do you what do you guys been up to like how, how have you how have your hearthstone games been uh i mean x i know uh you and i've talked about it quite a bit eric you were just kind of getting into the swing of things a couple uh, uh a, a couple days uh, ago last just about the last orbit um mm-hmm. how, how how how's your climb been how's your how's your hearthstone week been <laughs> So the week's been interesting. Um, I last week I kind of my deck showcase was for Secret Mac Paladin. Mm-hmm. Um, I slightly switched up the list and was having some pretty strong results on stream. I hit rank two a couple times. I think mm-hmm. the highest day I was ranked two point four or two point three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know what happened. I don't know if all of a sudden just I don't know someone put a curse on me. I don't know if. <laughs> All of a sudden, I just wasn't drawing the way I used to be drawing. I don't know what it was, but I just two streams in a row got completely dumpstered. I would climb off stream, back up to two, mm-hmm. and then I would stream. I'd fall back to four point no stars, and then I'd like climb again off stream, get back to two, and it happened again. So I was just like, oh, it's been fun, but I don't know. I've been getting dumpstered around. So the deck that I brought today was actually the one I switched over, and I've been having good results on that. So I'm excited to talk about it. But it's just been interesting. I don't know. What were you? We're gonna. Uh... What were you running with yeah. primarily? I know you were playing just a couple of decks that you were focusing on. It was yeah. the Mac Paladin that we talked about last week, and what else were you? Uh... I did actually switch to Zoo for a little bit, which was doing well mm-hmm. until I re- until I was like, oh wait, Warrior's on the ladder, and literally Warrior and Nomi Priest. Um, I fought against back to back, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna. The higher I get, the more I'm gonna keep seeing this. So I need to I need to back my thing up and and chill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, thankfully, um, switching back over, Mech Hunter is the deck that I brought today. Mm-hmm. So um, that deck's actually been performing super well um, and been a lot of fun because it runs cards like Flarks, right. uh, Boomzooka, or not Flarks, Boomzooka, just Flarks. Flarks, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just the green guy. Nice. Uh, and it's, and the, just when you can play Flarks and, and win games and have like a positive win rate, uh, I think I'm like 64%, 65%. It feels good. So, yeah. Last I so checked, that's what it was, I, go ahead. No, so that's just what my week's been like. Yeah, I was going to say, last I checked, which was today, because uh, we'll get into to why here in a minute, but last I checked, it was the number two overall deck. Tier one, deck two. So it's a strong mm-hmm. deck. It's it's dominating right now. Uh, yeah. X, how about you? 
My week has been a lot less busy. It sounds like you guys put a lot of games in. Um, yeah. I played probably three dozen games or so, mm-hmm. mostly with Handlock and Big Shaman. Mm-hmm. Won a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Then I played with Zandalari Templar, and of course that's bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so right. that's that's been my week in a nutshell. I mean, has it been fun though? I mean, have you been having fun? Yeah, dude, I've been having so much fun with the game. Yeah. It's like I I went on that uh little hiatus mm-hmm. and you know, we all saw I was ramping up. It I needed it. Sure. And uh yeah, I'm back to being able to have fun with the game again. So That's awesome. Well, for me, I've been I I you guys know this. I have been mostly just effing around, like just having fun. Like I've been I've been throwing decks together on the fly on stream, tinkering with decks, playing like just I mean, fun stuff you're not you know, that isn't very meta right now. Like I've been trying really hard to make control shaman viable. Um yeah. and, and and I I probably had like a hundred games of control shaman in the last week. Um and and they've ranged depending on how the meta has been anywhere from like a sixty eight percent win rate to like a forty seven percent win rate, uh, but uh, it, it's viable. It's definitely fun, but the meta is like not favorable to it right now. So I have to revisit that idea. But in the midst of that, X suggested, hey, you know, if you want to play some shaman that's kind of controlly, try big shaman. And uh, nope. and yeah, that deck is hell. That 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 deck is hella fun. <laughs> I I put so yeah, I put like forty, probably forty or fifty games in it in the last two or three days since X suggested it to me, and I really like it. And it's solid. I was playing it on stream, my stream yesterday and this morning on, on my stream earlier, and with like forty games in on the same list that X gave me. I haven't tweaked it at all. I haven't felt the need to tweak it at all. It feels feels really really tight. Um, and I think I got about 40 games on it, something like that. Uh, well, more than that. I got 40 on stream, but I also play on my phone a lot, so not all the games are tracked. I've got something like 60 games in it, and it's got a 60-plus percent win rate right now. It's like 64% wow. win rate. Yeah. How's Totemic Smash treating you? I told you, dude. It's- it, you, I, every time every time that, that card does work for me, I go, X sets, so, X sets. So, because I was like, why don't you have Earthshock in here? And he's like, that two damage is important. Oh. That two damage is important. And it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't meant to be like like. A, hey, I, I know better than you. I was genuinely curious because Earth Earthshock felt like the 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 um, kind of like the the logical choice, like the like the default sensical choice, especially with things like Edwin and and Alex being all over the meta. Things that you want to silence real hard, real fast. Um, mm-hmm. But I, as always, when X gives me a deck list and tells me, hey, do this for this reason, I do it. And, and sure enough, every time I play Totemic Smash and it's done work, I'm just like, X said, X said. I've already said that 30 times now. So yeah, good call. Totemic, Totemic Smash just feels really, really good in a meta mm-hmm. where Token Druid and Bomb Warrior exist. Mm-hmm. I know it's a little it's a little weak against Rogue, but on mm-hmm. Rogue, you kind of rely on the Totem. For, I, we this don't need to crush, get this, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more because I actually brought Big Shaman for my deck this week. Yeah. Um, but I oh, will okay, say, good. I will say though, if you're struggling with Rogue, this list crushes Rogue. It crushes does. Rogue. But we'll get wow. into that more later. And overall, I've been having a lot of fun. But this deck was actually the first deck that I've been consistently climbing with. Um, I mean, consistently because I've had success with some of the decks I've been playing. But it'd be I'd, I'd climb up and then I'd start tinkering or playing around with some BS deck that I wanted to have fun with, and I'd fall back down. This is the the, the deck that I've consistently I've gotten to rank three with it three times now. Uh, so and then I'll play something else and I'll fall down. Then I'll play it again. And I'll come back. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I've been having some fun and actually making progress. But anyway, there you go. 
uh, enough about what's going on with us. Um, is there anything else going on uh, that we want to talk about before we move on to the actual meat of the show? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. There it is. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, that's my cue. I can't get much more prompt <laughs> than that when X answers for me. I'm just so excited. No, I know. We're, we're all super stoked about this. So over the past few weeks, um, like this is episode A of the Orbit, so we've been going for eight straight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but over all these separate casts, we've been bringing up how, um, in general, we're going to start making our episodes available through our website, eternalorbit.gg. Um, but also, we are going to start um, distributing through the normal like formats that you'd consume podcasts through, because this is not just going to be a podcast. But um, a lot of people, like especially me, I don't have much time to consume video content, but I mm-hmm. do a lot of driving for work and stuff like that. So I usually consume it through watching a podcast Mm -hmm. um so we're excited to officially announce there was already a twitter post about this but um we're officially on itunes uh with our first three the orbit episodes and it is so cool and weird to see (laughs) we're on itunes i know (laughs) it's just like it just feels weird because it's like the same like i'm sure for all of us the first time we started streaming on twitch and we're just like i would watch twitch all the time and now i'm on the screen yes yeah (laughs) it's that same sort of thing and it's like okay well tons of people i'm sure on itunes but it's just like it's our own nice cool like win and it's us that's on uh, itunes i know right (laughs) we're right next to old town road (laughs) (laughs) well yeah Uh, you know it was one of the things like when when it first happened and you know eric you put the the notice in in our um our discord um the super secret eternal orbit discord that we use to communicate and organize and do all of our team stuff through um mm-hmm. he put the he put the notice in there like hey guys i'm really close it's gonna be live any day now i wanted to give you the heads up and then you know, finally he's like yep it's live is up here's the link or whatever and it was just <laughs> like cool it finally happened it didn't really hit me and then like it was yesterday in my stream x comes in he's like dude did you did you tell everybody the news and it was just like it was so like nonchalant and then all of a sudden i was like holy crap he's right we're on we're on flipping itunes like that, it, like i just like i couldn't help but get giddy because it's like it's just so crazy right yeah. and uh I'm, we're, I'm super excited about it and and, and and rude you put in a ton of work to get this done so yeah. i mean this this happened because because of your efforts so thank you so much for all the work that you did and i just guys we're on freaking itunes <laughs> It's very cool. And like, even on top of that, like the submissions already been, um, the request has already been submitted through like Spotify, iHeartRadio. If you use anything like Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Google um, Play Music, which is its own separate thing. They're eventually going to merge them together. Um, There's a lot of things that are processing. I really wasn't expecting iTunes to go through because they said it could take up to 10 days. Mm -hmm. And then like the second day it went through. So uh, like I mentioned, we're we're going to be available on all kinds of like anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. We should be available on, um, but we're also going to be updating it so that you'll get our uh, our newest episodes routinely um, while we fill out kind of our backlog as well. Yep. So I'll post in the the chat real quick the link on our website if you want to go check out. And for those of you listening, there. you're already there. Good job. <laughs> it's uh, it's eternalorbit.gg. And I would like to point. I would like to point out if you download the episode, you can listen to it at any time, not just streaming it. You can set up your you can set up your Spotify or whatever to download it automatically when the newest episode comes out, which is super good for us and obviously for you, but for us mostly. Yeah, (laughs) those numbers matter. (laughs) Those numbers matter, guys. They do. We all know X is a numbers guy, guys. So you know, feed feed X's addiction to to stats and. Up like upvotes. 
Um, enough enough yeah. shameless self promotion and gloating. I feel like we've earned it, but I mean, how many times can we can we see? <laughs> Less gloaty, more braggy, and I think it's okay. <laughs> there you go. A little humble about it, like wow, you know, mm. we just never thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there, that is not the only big news that is happening today, or even the only event that is happening today. <laughs> yeah, in like forty five minutes. <laughs> 45 minutes we've got a little thing that we like to refer to as uh, HCT worlds I think mm -hmm. is is the you know the slang they're using <laughs> um, super big event it's the culmination of so much hearthstone throughout the past year mm -hmm. um, and it's super cool to watch as both a fan and someone who like like all of us would like to see ourselves just become more and more competitive the longer we play hearthstone yep. so being able to watch these players who are at the top of their craft and being able to see how well that they pilot these decks while going against the people in the same position. It's just so exciting. Yeah. It's the, you know, the world series, but for, for her stuff. Yeah. And, and it's, 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 it's more than that though, too, right? Like this is, I mean, there's a million bucks on the line and every one of these guys, all 16 of these guys get at least 25 grand. Cause that's, mm -hmm. that's last place. The 16th place is get, gets 25 grand, <laughs> 25 grand. That's crazy. Right? Open qualifiers could, you know, yeah. take a, take a I'm very good at getting last place by the way. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, these guys, these guys are, these guys have made it. These guys are, are big time players. Like that's, that's last place is 25 grand and, and fourth mm. place is a hundred grand. I mean, this is serious money on the line, but, but how does that relate to, to us, the average player? Well, now they've incorporating ways for the average player to like qualify into this level of tournament. You can eventually get there by going through that they're making it accessible to everyone so we don't just get to sit there and watch these guys throwing out pitches in the world series we can actually earn our way there but how does that but even farther than that though like how does this impact us on the everyday basis well a lot of the meta decisions and the meta shifts that happen happen from inspiration that comes from from these events so you watch over the, this weekend while these games are played and then we're going to see a lot of the things that happen or come out of these these games shift into the everyday meta so mm -hmm. yeah, this is kind of a cool this is kind of a cool period for uh, for kind of solidifying the meta, which is very much in flux right now. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, so we're gonna talk more about that here in a minute, though. That's part of, part of one of the segments that we're gonna have is we're gonna dive into that a little bit. So we don't want to go too far off into that road just yeah. yet. Um, yeah. So I think I think we're ready to, uh, to probably move on to the next next little bit. Unless you guys got anything else to add for, for the news and notes section. Dude, we're on iTunes. We're on freaking <laughs> iTunes. Yeah, I love it. All right, cool. Yeah. So um, the first thing that we wanted to dive into today was exactly what we were just talking about, which was um, the HCT World Championship um, being held in Taipei this year. Um, without looking at a map, who can tell me where Taipei is? China. It's in Taiwan. It's the capital of Taiwan. Is Bingo. it the capital? I, yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if it's a capital. I'm not that good at geography, but it is. It is yes in in Taiwan. So. I'm pretty sure it's the capital. I could I could be wrong. I only know this because I'm a GeoGuessr world champ. Oh, well, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I just. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, if you're new to the show, I love to put these guys on the spot at least at least once. I always throw something in that's not in the show notes that we didn't discuss before, like that, just to see, yeah. you know, just to watch them, you know, turn red or sweat on. <laughs> yeah. Eventually it'll be like, what episode of Scooby-Doo did they go to the haunted Ferris wheel? And then it'll be, oh, I got this. <laughs> so no lie, there was no sweat on that one. Yeah. yeah My last, the last hour of it was GeoGuessr. <laughs> last nice. hour of it was GeoGuessr. And specifically we had one in Taiwan. Well, there you so. go. There you, go. There you, you gotta go. be themed. 
I was I was studying for this test. I, I, you know, you nailed it, my friend. I have mm. to get I have to get tougher. And another very cool thing that Blizzard's introducing, not just the fact that now we get to watch this great event that I'm sure is going to have hopefully super strong production and, and you know, the gameplay and everything's going to be great. But Blizzard is uh, allowing anyone who watches extra opportunities to um, to kind of, you know, give back something to the players. Uh, and so we actually all uh, participate in something where you can choose... Um, a player who's participating in Worlds, and based on their performance, based on every game that or every matchup that they win, you'll receive um, Rosticon's cards or Rosticon packs, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, and so that's its own level of like, okay, now I'm a little bit more invested in this because, mm-hmm. like, it's a pack. Like, who knows? You, you're not that emotionally tied to it, but it's fun to win things. And it's also fun to like, you know, have this. Uh, you, a lot of people already have favorites going into it, so mm-hmm. to have that kind of doubled down on. Um, is a lot of fun. So we all chose our picks and we're going to be talking about them and, and what they brought to the tournament and kind of how we think their chances are going to be. Yep. Um, so there's 16 There's sixteen players that are involved in this, uh, 16 contenders that made it to, to, to um, the, the finals here. Um, I have the list right here. Let me, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, just to give a rundown of some of the names. Uh, I'll just read them all because it's it's only 16. It'll only take a second. In no particular mm-hmm. order, it's Viper, Bunny Hopper, Roger, Tyler, Hunter Ace, um, A8, 3650, uh, Just Saying, um, Language Hacker, uh, Muzzy, uh, Killing All Day, uh, Blood, uh, Blood Trail, uh, TGX, excuse me, TG Zyot, I think is how you say that, Bloody Face, Ike, SN Jing and LF uh, Uning, I think is how you say that. Forgive me if I butchered any of those, um, but I just wanted to read those off. Those are the 16 people that are playing in this right now. And we all got to pick one of those champions to, everybody could pick one of those champions to kind of like bet bet as your horse. So, mm-hmm. um, who'd you guys pick? For me, this was a pretty easy bunny hopper, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, bunny hopper is super strong with both a rogue and aggressive warlock decks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the meta plays right into his wheelhouse. How about you, Eric? So I chose Viper, um, which is actually weird because like, uh, there's a lot of people on this list that if you had told me a month ago who I was going to pick, it wouldn't have been Viper. But something about it, I don't know. I've watched plenty of events where Viper's competed, and mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've caught them before just playing in general. Um, I don't know. I, I just, as a personality, I like them a lot. And then I was just going through this list, and I was... <laughs> My problem was when I was choosing a champion, um, they announced that you could do it a little like the day before the lists were public. And so I just was like, oh, yeah, we're all going to go into it like random. And then we just choose who we like. And then that's it. Um, That's not what happened. A day later, they made the list public. Mm -hmm. So if I could go back, I would maybe think about picking someone else other than Viper because I'm not in love with their list. But I think what makes it exciting is if they do well, it's going to be the coolest thing because what they brought is... There's some, there's some, you know, very standout picks in some of their lineups here that yeah. I'm excited to talk about. Um, but I hope they do well. So yeah, that was mine. What about you, As? Um, so here's my debate: if I picked who I thought was the best player on the on on paper in the spread, I would have picked Hunter Ace. Mm. Oh, I would sure. argue, I would argue he's probably, again, on paper, like the best player in the world. Certainly in that conversation, in my in my opinion. But I, I don't know, 
growing up watching the Olympics and the Super Bowl and all these, I, I like I like to root for <laughs> I like to root for the people that I'm connected to, right? So um, I like to pick the Americans, even if I don't think they're necessarily the best. So I pick who I think is the best American, and in this case, I picked uh, I picked Muzzy. He's got. Um, He's got kind of his lists aren't super exciting, but they're all solid, right? Like they're lists that, that you would see on any top five list on what's what's considered strong right now, with little with little um, uh, you know changes or whatever to, to to kind of counter tournament play. But but overall, like he brought just solid deck lists, and he's a he's a good consistent player. Um, so that's what that that's who my pick ended up being again because. I like to pick. I like to pick the Americans. So, mm-hmm. it's an interesting note about Muzzy and Just Saying. They both actually, for as long as I can remember, were competing under Tempo Storm. Mm-hmm. And two, three days ago, they are no longer signed with Tempo Storm. They're signed with Galleon. Is that the name of the team? Uh, I'm actually pull that up really quick. Wait, Muzzy <laughs> isn't? I, I I I didn't know Muzzy was was no longer with Radiance. Him. Yeah, Just Saying and, and Muzzy joined a team called Radiance. Um, and we'll be competing under them for, you know, the tournament. You caught me off guard with that one because yeah, how does it what, feel? What day did that happen? <laughs> what day did uh, that happen? Let's see. I've got the post. April twentieth. Oh, so four days ago. Wow, man, I cannot keep track of my time. Um, <laughs> right? Isn't that? Nuts? I don't remember I anything from that day, to be honest. I only associated them with Tempo Storm. Actually, I'm a little bit of a Tempo Storm fanboy. So X. You said you're a bit uh, of a Tempo. Oh, wow. You're a bit of a Temple Form Storms fanboy, you said? A little bit. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, that's just an, an interesting note. I don't know. It's going to be, uh, it just kind of came out of nowhere for me. So I wanted to make sure to throw that in, considering both uh, players are going to be competing. Just saying there as well, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. It, he crushed it. Another incredible player. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, do we want to uh, maybe dive into their to their lineups a little bit, what they're bringing to the tournament, and why they uh, and what we think about about the list overall? Yeah, uh, I can start. I kind of alluded to Bunny it. Hopper's um, mm-hmm. first two lists, which is you know his famed Miracle Rogue and his uh, aggressive Warlock. He's bringing Zulak with um, with Magic Carpet. The interesting pick mm-hmm. in this, though, is he's bringing Archville and Rafam in his Zoo list. Mm-hmm. I like that tech. That's super. That's that's obviously in there um, for the longer games. But the one thing that it leaves it leaves me questioning is what matchup can you go long enough with Zoo and still be able to uh, be in a position where playing a seven mana minion is going to leave you on the board. The only thing I can think of is Token Druid. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, and so if he's specifically targeting Token Druid with this list, then I'm okay with it. If not. I just hope Archville and Rafam doesn't get in the way. It seems a little more like a meme than anything else. Uh, he's running nothing interesting in his Conjurer Mage. He's just running standard list mm-hmm. um, with Archmage Argal and Rebel Bouncer, that version. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, uh, his, he's bringing Midrange Hunter as his fourth list. I, ha- I don't know enough about Midrange Hunter to really be able to give you a good... Uh, a good analysis mm-hmm. on it. I've played against. I've played against the newer version only once, and so I can't tell you what's good or bad in that list. Honestly, which one do you think but is overall, most like? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I would say overall, it looks like it's really, um, it's really just about him bringing the strongest four decks in the meta, just like you were mm-hmm. talking about. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, exactly. Just like you were talking about, the strongest four decks in the meta, which I think he picked the right ones, and he is really playing to his strength. I said it before, Bunny Hopper is a god when it comes to hitting people in the head. And, uh, <laughs> that's what his lineup does. Yeah. So, Which one X, of these decks uh, do you think is going to get banned? Oh, no one's going to let him play Miracle Rogue. Yeah. No one's going to let him play Miracle Rogue. Fair. Go ahead, Reed. No, I was just going to say X literally in our in our pre-meeting, you know, chat just used the smork icon twice when they were talking about Bunny. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that was it. I'm like, okay, yeah, of course. This makes so much sense. Yeah, it's interesting that you uh, that uh, to look at at the decks that people are bringing. Um we we were talking about the lineups here um pre uh, during our pre uh, our pre-show discussions and to look at the disbursement of, of classes that are being brought and the deck types that are being brought, like, you know, I, I, uh, Rude, have you looked at these yet? I know X and I have both looked at it and talked about it. Have you looked at the deck distribution graph yet? I did briefly. Oh, okay. Um, well, it was uh, interesting to see some of those metrics. Yeah. I'm not surprised that Temple Rogue is like far and away, far and <laughs> away the most represented deck. Um, I am a bit surprised that Zulok is right behind it, though right behind yeah. it yeah that that really took me by surprise the only like i'm i kind of mentioned token druid mm-hmm. but i don't even think that that's particularly a good matchup for it there's two token druid de- deck lists that are brought guys that's, yeah and nobody's that, even playing token druid that is what is shocking so that's that's an interesting thing that i, I wanted to talk about in, in this uh one of the things here is that that what we see like almost hyper represented on the ladder is almost underrepresented in this format um of of the you know there's 16 players with four deck lists each you know that's like 64 decks or something like that 64 deck lists i think quick head math i might be wrong um it's 64 deck lists of that only two are token druid only uh five are bomb warrior i mean that's i mean that's pretty crazy if you think about how much they're represented on the average player's ladder experience uh control warrior is eight I'm, and that actually surprises me i thought there would be more control warrior mm-hmm. um and, but and then surprisingly zulok and is is almost a quarter of the decks brought it's a fifth of the decks brought i play like one zoo out of every 20 25 games oh yeah if that hunter is right behind it with seven seven mid-range hunter decks one one mech hunter it's number two deck on the ladder right now one yeah so it's an interesting do you guys have any insight before we move on to the next set of decks any insight as to why it's such a wide disparage uh, um, difference between why it's so disparaging between the two um, formats when it could go for it yeah well no because my mine is even just gonna be some quick like Historically, Conquest has never really 100% lined up with what's on the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost kind of goes in face and like completely in the face of that, mm-hmm. um, because you there's a whole different meta game. Like there's a whole you think these people are t- like just strong card players in general, but when they make their selections, they're taking into account everything else that they're going to see and they're adjusting their cards and tuning their decks based off of that information plus the power level of what you know they want to bring in the first place so there's like it's like 4d chess happening every time that you go into a conquest tournament um and then there's your your matchups and, and when you want to actually choose your decks it's all it's all a, a really honestly super fascinating science and how mm-hmm. they come science. to the decisions science <laughs> um so yeah i i 
The thing I'm stuck on is the Druid, honestly. I'm trying to think where the Druid falls off so hard. And I do agree. I think Zulok beats Druid. I think that's why so many people brought it is because they were expecting to see more Druid. Um, and then nobody brought Druid. So Two I don't know. Just Druid. Yeah. I think it's just that Druid is like it's pretty fragile as a deck. Warrior, it can never oh, beat a warrior yes. and everybody's going to bring warrior. That's a good mm -hmm. point. Well, even that, even that of of the 16 players, guys, they were only 15 brought rogue. Yeah, only 15 brought rogue, right? <laughs> but uh of the 16 players, 15 brought rogue, 13 brought warrior, 11 brought warlock. Um two, just two brought druid. That's it. That's just absolutely yeah. bonkers to me. So, um, and again, remember the meta sometimes dramatically um, can mirror what happens in, in tournament play. So maybe we're going to see some answers um, to, to if you're struggling with with, with, with that level of play. But um, we can mm -hmm. reference this this uh, this the, these stats a little bit more as we move on. But I just wanted to point some of that out to give context about some of the things that we're talking about before we dive into any more deck discussion. Can I point one more thing out before we move on about yeah. these about this Zilliax? There is oh. 31 decks with Zilliax in it out of 64 decks. Half. That card is fair and balanced. <laughs> 31 out of 64. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. If you did not think Zilliax was overpowered, like this should just be the thing that you print out as a streamer and just lift up every time <laughs> someone's like, Zilliax is just okay. Right? Slap it like, on a wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, only, only is in half the decks here and the other half have... I'm sure could have honestly slotted. I'm sure Zoo, if someone really wanted to put Zilliax in their Zoo list. Probably better than Archstaff or Fom. Zilliax fits wow. in every deck. Zilliax fits or in Archstaff every deck. Or Archstaff pulls you a Zilliax. Like, Ooh, there you on. go. That counts. That's So we got to like, <laughs> add it to half of the Reform decks. Yeah, exactly. You get your Millhouse, you get your Zilliax. It's beautiful. <laughs> what about, what about uh, uh, Viper? So Viper, it's actually interesting. I didn't compare these beforehand, but Viper and Bunnyhopper both brought very similar lists mm -hmm. um i think oh no here we go i was like i thought i may have accidentally closed my window that i had this open to reference everything but i didn't um so here's the big thing i'm honestly uh because exiles brought up miracle rogue exiles didn't say tempo rogue which mm -hmm. is what we're seeing currently on the ladder of our um it was miracle rogue mm -hmm. and miracle rogue is a very different deck it may contain a lot of similar cards but when you take out Waiting Party, you take out Waggle Pick, um, you take out the 4-3 Discover Spell. There's a lot of core right. cards that you're kind of seeing that aren't in Miracle. Instead, mm -hmm. Miracle Rogue is running Wanted, two copies mm -hmm. of Wanted, a card that I've dusted on site every time I've gotten it. And it's still in Standard. <laughs> it, it was in It literally, I got it. And two days later, after Boomsday, because I'm pretty sure it's Boomsday. It is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Two days later, I was like, what do I need to Okay, Wanted is literally the first thing that's going out of my list. <laughs> You're uh, I know. It's great. Um, there's a Violet Teacher um, in this list. Mm -hmm. There's one copy of Togwaggle Scheme. like, mm -hmm. and, and Auctioneers. Like, There's just so much... Oh, man. It's, it's just so interesting to see. I, I really want to see a high, uh, really high-level pro pilot this deck. Yeah. Um, you can yeah. see it pop off because it includes Questing Adventurer, but only one copy. Um, and, and yeah, it's just... I don't know. I don't think this deck is going to beat Tempo Rogue. Like, if you put them in a matchup like that, I don't. Right. 
I don't think that's going to be the outcome. But you never know. Like this is again just someone who's who's considered right now by this tournament standards one of the top sixteen players in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just super exciting. Otherwise, the reason I spent so much time on this list is the other decks do look fairly standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Viper did not bring a warrior, which again in hind like. If I knew that going forward, that wouldn't make me feel more inclined to choose Viper as my champion. I'd be like, oh, cool, another you know, a man of taste. Um, <laughs> they've got a pretty standard mid-range hunter, yeah. um, a dragon mage, kind of the dragon summon mage right. that uh, that's on the list uh, on the ladder a little bit, and then another Zulok that includes Archvillain. Um, I honestly really like the Archvillain tech. I've played a bit of Zulok on ladder. I get crushed by Warrior, um, and the only times I haven't has been with Rafam going off. So, yeah, that's it, it's super fun. And it's fun to even just be like, you know what? I'm going to Solarium, and then I'm an Archvillain, and then I'm going to keep the three cards that are gross. Like, it's not always the right play, but it's fun to see them not get discarded. So, yeah, I'm excited. The first matchup is against, um, who did I say earlier? It is Bloody. against Bloody Face, which yeah. is going to be really tough. Um, so it's we'll going to be a great match to watch, though. Packs. Yeah, I, I would say this between the first match today is Roger versus Tyler. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one's Bloodyface versus Viper. I would say the second match is the one to watch. I would agree. And not just because it's later on in the night, so you can watch more of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, what about you, Az? Um, Well, Muzzy, like I said, he brought three very standard decks. Um, uh, he brought Temple Rogue, he brought Zulok, and he brought uh, Control Warrior. All, I think, solid choices. I think that he'll have an answer for just about anything that he's going to expect. The fourth deck is a bit odd, and I love that he he picked it, not just because I've been on a Shaman tear lately, but just because it's a really smart deck. One thing that I've noticed about Shaman is Shaman can crush Bomb Warrior. It can crush Temple Rogue. Crush them. It can just, like, destroy them. I think with my big Shaman, I think I'm undefeated against Rogue. And I've been playing a lot wow. of Rogue. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of Rogue. Undefeated against Rogue, and I'm at least comfortable playing against um, most Warriors. Um, Control Warrior, because this version, uh, because playing, for example, Big Shaman is a little slower than playing, um, uh, or excuse me, isn't teched to play the long games like Control Shaman is, might be a little trickier, but against Bomb Warrior, which is still pretty prevalent, this deck it can do work and the shaman that he brought i'm going to talk about first um yeah. it's it it looks like it is teched specifically to beat rogue when i look at this list i, I it looks like it's designed to beat rogue it, he runs um he runs uh, uh things like double acidic swampus he runs double witch's brew he runs um electra storm surge he runs double farsight he runs double lightning storm he runs um archmage vargoth he runs double mm-hmm. hecklebot um he only runs one hex which means that he doesn't think he's going to need to hex a whole lot of stuff i mean that's something that most people throw in too so he, he especially has control yes he's throwing in th- uh you I get the distinct feeling that he he only runs one Earthshock in this, so he is not too worried. He he has very specific targets in mind for those. Is is my thought? You know, those mm-hmm. are going to be safe for things like um, the um, Edwin Van Cleefs and that kind of stuff. Um, but he he knows he doesn't need to rely on those. But he has some mid range choices in there too. Some things like Thunderhead and, and things like that just to control the board with the uh, the Thunderhead um, synergizing with all of the the uh, the uh, um, overcharge. Or you know what I mean? Um, oh my God, brain fart. Uh, overload. Overload. Thank you. Uh, 
to just give him some more ways to get little dudes to control the board with. And then he runs uh, Reign of Toads, which is just a backbreaker against the Temple Rogue, and yeah. uh, Walking Fountain, which you, you Reign of Toads, uh, which buys you a turn, and then you know you use your, your one of your board clears, and then you Walking Fountain to heal back up and kill whatever's left on the board. It's 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 absolutely bonkers against Temple Rogue. Um, so I think that that deck alone, he's one of the few people that brought something like this. And that deck alone, mm-hmm. if if people like he's not going to ban Rogue, he doesn't have to ban Rogue now. He's got a strong answer to Rogue. And that that deck alone gives him, I think, an advantage because now he can pick a more tactical, um, a more tactical ban because he doesn't have to go. Well, I don't want to play rogue because I can't, so I'm going to ban that. Now he now he can ban something that's like mage. Like that's what I'd want to ban because I think I think summoner mage is going to be bonkers. Um, but his his control warrior deck, his rogue, I mean his tempo rogue list looks like it was pulled right off of like you know uh, yeah. HS replay. I mean, it's there's nothing interesting in there, um, except for the fact that it, like runs one sap instead of two. But everything else is pretty standard in there. I mean, there I've seen some Temple Rogue lists that run a Ziliax. He doesn't run it in his. You know, um, he only runs one Shadow Step, not two. But I think two is overkill anyway. Um, his Zulok list is very standard. It does not run Reform, um, mm-hmm. and his his Control Warrior is very very standard. All of these are, are, you know, those are just they're they're standard, sensible, tried and true deck lists. But the shaman one is the one I wanted to focus on because it's it's kind of, in my opinion, kind of a brilliant pick, considering what he's yeah. going to see in the meta. So I'm like really excited about that, and I think people are going to end up banning it when they realize it, it, if they re, if they're relying on Temple Rogue or Bomb Warrior or uh, similar like mid range decks, they're going to ban that real quick. And if they do, they're banning shaman, and he gets to play three of the strongest decks in the meta like it's a brilliant yeah. play I don't these know. are some of the top three win rates yeah that you'll see outside of druid like, so i'm super excited about his list i think he has a legitimate chance to play and like i said that shaman deck is a stroke of genius in my opinion so yeah one thing that i wanted to mention that i do think is interesting muzzy is running double copies of uh fan of knives yeah which that's that's something you don't see. I don't think I've seen a, a, a rogue list running two. I've seen maybe some out there running one, mm-hmm. which can make sense for rogue. Um, but what do you think is in, is inspiring something like that on what's already considered such a tight list at this point in the meta? It's got to be token druid mid range yep. hunter. One hundred percent was I going to say the same thing because that's what is rogue lost to for the last year? It's lost to, to, to mid range hunter, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and this helps to deal with that, right? So. Um, and then, of course, token druid by extension, which is not, which is underrepresented, but there's still a lot of mid-range hunters, so it works both ways. So normally in that slot, you see a shiv instead of a fan of knives, but mm-hmm. I'm going over uh, bunny hoppers list. He's also running zero shiv and two fans. Mm-hmm. I he, don't know how I missed that going over wow. it. Yeah, zero yeah, shiv and two fans. That's that's so, some serious commitment. That could buy so that's more some. Go ahead. I was, yeah. was going to say real quick, the reason for anybody listening who doesn't know, the reason you would run a Shiv over a Fan of Knives, even though Shiv only does one damage, is it can go A, it can go face, and B, it only costs two mana. Mm-hmm. So these two reasons make it good for the Miracle Rogue list, which is different than mm-hmm. Temple Rogue, which would never run either of those two silly cards. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, and I was going to say, I'm more surprised to see Double Fan than I am to see Control Shaman. <laughs> <laughs> Like honestly, I, I'm wondering. I don't know. I'm I'm really excited to watch any matchups that these rogues play now because I want to see mm. if that something like that pays off. Because I know it's kind of like a silly thing to really hype up, but that's a big risk they're taking. Um, yep. I was does not say feel the same good thing. when you are low on cards in hand. You've got a fan in a board that cannot be fanned very well. You're yeah. drawing one card off of it, but you're spending three mana potentially. Um, 
when it doesn't pop off, it feels very bad for a rogue. So it's going to be, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it all the more. But in the right What's circumstances. The for? What's that? Uh, go for S. I was just going to say in the right circumstances, though, that that gamble could pay off. And I'm sure they've tested it, right? I mean, like, these guys are on teams for a reason. They've spent probably hundreds of hours over the last couple of weeks testing one fan versus two fans and in the, in the various matchups. Um, and I'm sure it passed It passed mustard. It's it's going to be interesting to actually see it in effect and to see how many times they, they have two fans in their hand and go, and we're watching it going, well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so. so rude. Yes. I'm, I'm looking at this list. You're probably looking at the same one. What do you? What are you togwaggle scheming? What are you trying to togwaggle scheme? That great question. Something that I actually thought about before and then didn't say because I forgot. <laughs> um, honestly, I feel like there you almost can't have a standard pick with this list. Mm-hmm. I feel like it all is very conditional, mm-hmm. um, and you're playing to you're literally reacting to the game in real time. Because, like, ideally, I don't know. Ideally, you're, what you want to do is shuffle the Leroy's into your deck. You play your High Sparrow and Togwaggle. You draw the three cards for that cause zero mana. And it's just a bunch of Leroy's. So it's 15 damage face. Like, I've seen that combo go off. Who is it? Our friend um, uh, Towley, uh, a, a great Hearthstone streamer and very mm-hmm. creative uh, very creative mind, got, like, 300, uh, 300 likes on Twitter when they responded to Hearthstone with, like, hey, post a clip that you really like, where they just, like, went off with a Leroy in a similar fashion. Like, I think that is the dream. But looking at this list, like, I don't know, maybe the questing adventurers, just because it's not hard as rogue to to buff those up. And if you, ah, but they're three mana each. I don't know. Zilliax is the only thing I could think of, like, uh, as my standard pick would be Zilliax. Yeah. So then instead of 31, we'd now have 61 if we waited till turn 30 to play a Togwaggle scheme. Would you ever do it to the Togwaggle? Uh... The tough thing is you don't have enough activators to really yeah. make it go off. I, it seems like a greedy pick to me. I might. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course you might. Let's, <laughs> what sentence did I say? What sentence did you say? Uh, so yeah, as what would you in this? It would it be Zilliax as well. It would be Zilliax. That card is just okay. too consistent, and it does. It's going to do what you want to do when you're when you're getting close to fatigue or you're in fatigue. It's going to do yeah. what you want to do, which is it's going to heal you up. And it's going to be a proactive card on the board, right? Because it's it's something you play right away. It's you can play two of them because it's five mana. It's going to trade into something with your weapon. That's four attack is usually enough to to kill almost anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Very mo- most standard cards, right? Mo- or most non like high end cards, which most of those are going to be exhausted because they're not going to have that many of them. And yeah. it's just a, it's a proactive choice that also heals you, also removes stuff, and is a board presence because it's sticky with that bubble. It's just it's it's a very it's a very balanced card and it's a very fair card. And so that's what you want to tog waggles. No, no, no. You guys aren't going to take the bait on that one at all. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's it's, just, it's the strongest choice to me. Um, we yeah. can leave that 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 discussion for an, another segment, but I think it's the strongest yeah. choice in this deck list. As much as I, I would agree with X on wanting to do Togwaggle, it's going to be real hard to get value out of that um, because yeah. of the the activator shortage. I mean, if you had two, then you you know you Togwaggle something that gives you activators and you do it all day, but you're only running one, so you want to you want to get something I think that's going to be proactive and, and and help you seal the deal. The only other note I wanted to throw out here, and it's probably standard. I honestly have not seen miracle 
you know, post-rotation. Um, mm -hmm. This list does not run Amira's. It runs yeah. obviously the two Gadgetzans auctioneers. And so what that, like, I don't, it's just going to be interesting to see yeah. that go off because Gadgetzan auctioneer is like, is like the, the, the you know, the original Myra's like that's how people would cycle through the decks. Mm -hmm. That's how people would play ten card or get ten cards in one turn, sort of thing. So, and almost uh, anymore, if you're playing Myra's, you almost want to run a um, a Chef Nomi just because it's such an easy one-two punch. Because mm -hmm. you can just you can um, you can um, prep Myra's uh, Nomi a Chef Nomi, and then if that doesn't work, then you togwaggle some or you togwaggle scheme stuff back in your deck, and you're back in the game. Yeah, although you are just playing a, an unbuffed Nomi. We could talk about this for days, yep. I'm sure. Yep, <laughs> we could. <laughs> All's to say, super excited about this. Uh, in general, it, it's just, like I said, these these little off picks here and there are really what's going to you know, make these pros stand out and give people reason to know, like, oh, this is why this person's playing at the top level. Um, they were smart enough to put this into consideration. Right. And I think part of the excitement here is that it's a brand new meta, so it's going to be cool to see how these mm -hmm. guys play you know in this sandbox with with nothing's really proven there's things that are showing strong now but there's nothing that's really proven so we'll see um so yeah so those are our picks just to go over them one more time um i i picked muzzy as my champion uh exiles picked bunny hopper as his champion and uh rude picked viper as his and then we're gonna have a little friendly competition to see uh who's uh whose champion does the best for uh yeah. for pride and bragging rights so, and we'll yeah. figure out a way to to make it competitive. Be like the winner gets to, I don't know. We'll Everyone has out. to wear a shirt with their face on it. <laughs> nice. Hey. Wear socks with their face on it. Yeah, those oh. those exist now. <laughs> they have to wear socks with their with other else's faces on it on their hands during the next podcast. <laughs> yeah, that is way too much to remember. As <laughs> just tell me what I need to wear and I'll be there. Got it. <laughs> um, all right. Well. Um, I think um, a nice, an interesting segue is is how these decks might face the new or shape the meta moving forward. Mm -hmm. uh, in the meantime, we want to take a look at how the meta is right now. Yes, <laughs> the meta exists at the bottom of a sea of rogues and warriors. You can <laughs> see the mages starting to crop up. We call those the deep water, the deep water fish, and everything else is laying beneath the earth's, earth's crust, underneath this layer of ocean in the Mariana Trench, known as Shaman. Wow! So that's the meta. getting published by Penguin Books. What's happening here? Ooh, man, I think that was a I think that was a giant slam on Shaman, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I love Shaman. I know it's you just, do. It's so. Bad. It's deep. So, guys, yeah. we, we have quite a bit to discuss in this week's meta discussion. Um, a, the meta is really in flux right now, um, but there's been some interesting conversations that's popped up. And there's, you know, there's some Alec in the room conversations that we can have here in a minute. And that pun was chosen on purpose. Um, and uh, we can we can get to that in a minute. But there's a couple things that, that, that we probably want to go over before we get to that. Um, you know, because the meta right now is, as we've talked about, saturated with rogues and warriors. I don't know, just yeah. just, just some like anecdotal um, maybe uh, uh, testimony here. What has your guys' experience been with with, um, with just, just those particular decks? I know I, I shared it a little bit earlier, but just to reiterate quickly, of the last 40 to 60 games that I've played, literally 50% of my games have been against rogue, about 25 or 30% have been warrior, and that last little 
25% or so has been a little bit of other stuff. But about 75% of my games have been just Rogue and Warrior over the last 60 to 100 games. What about you guys? Personally, I've had a lot of fun playing against those warrior decks a lot of fun playing against them because you know playing as hand block or playing as big shaman it always comes down to some crazy dr boom versus your mm. rng shenanigans that just mm-hmm. have you like eric said earlier just constantly reacting to what's going on in the game so as much as as much warrior is there and as much as warrior has the only infinite value card i honest to god i feel like it is and dr boom being the infinite value card right. which i reference no. um I think the warrior's fine. I think that warrior's fine uh, because it makes for interesting games, even though the games are long and mm-hmm. they are heavily favored in mm-hmm. most matchups. They make for some awesome, fun to play games. Right. I will say I feel very good playing against both ro- ro- uh, Rogue and Warrior when I'm playing Control Shaman. <laughs> it's just whenever I play Control Shaman, I don't see them. <laughs> yeah, that's when you're queuing into Token Druid. Yeah. Uh, X, or sorry, Eric. So my list right now, it's actually funny. Looking at my my secret Mac Paladin that I was running, um, 24% Warrior, 26% Rogue. Next closest are 12%. Um, and it falls off gradually from there. I'm not sure if I've seen... 2% is another Paladin. No one's playing Paladin. Um, but again, I honestly, I love to see Warrior on the ladder because between the Mac Paladin and the Mech uh, Hunter, both of those lists are very sticky and uh, Warrior has a hard time... Mm-hmm. You know, getting over that, getting over your board that you can just you know add another big minion on top right. of another big minion and more death rattles, they're nuts. So I don't mind it too much. Um, I am excited for when we get into both the Twitter question and obviously just the discussion that I think is kind of where we're on our track towards already, which is the prevalent... Uh, uh, we'll just say the, the oversaturation, like you mentioned right. earlier. How prevalent these cards are in right. the meta right now, considering that they're making up such a large portion of the games being played. Um, if we think something needs to be done about that or not, if we think that that's either just a symptom of, hey, it's early on, control always digs its ground, and then hyper aggro can dig its ground. Um, and these two classes are the the heavyweights of both of those sections. Right. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I... Uh, We'll get into it, but I think I want something done about two cards in particular, one okay. from each of these decks, if possible. Well, well, you mentioned it real quick. Um, I think it's a good groundwork because I think we're going to be talking about it a lot anyway. You mentioned the, yeah. the, the Twitter poll, um, which is still ongoing, guys. Um, but why don't you dive into that a little bit? Just give some people some information because we're going to be talking about it a lot, uh, even yeah. not directly, but just the subject of it so if we can just maybe give uh give the listeners and the viewers a little bit of uh, uh of a insight as to what we're talking about so they can have some context and guys as we're as we're talking about it feel free to go over to twitter and throw in your your vote there because we're going to be we're going to be looking at it throughout the show yeah and it's nuts because this is still a very even vote um but the question for this week um as we do every week um this <laughs> one is about do you think blizzard needs to do something about the power level of rogue warrior and or druid if so which class needs to be tuned the most um right now we're sitting at 53 percent of people think yes and 47 think no It's literally one vote away from being 50 50 again mm-hmm. and we're at 15 votes which is a good number for us. Um, yeah. Well, exactly. It's it's always good when you get kind of an even an even split because that shows that it's a it's a controversial topic. And controversial mm-hmm. might not be the best word for it, but it's a very spirited debate debate mm-hmm. that like elicits a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I uh, I don't know. 
we're we're going to be kind of referencing that as as mentioned. You can you can still vote in this, and I am going to be on the side of people who thinks yes. I've already put in my vote there, but I have also voted yes. I'll put my vote out there right now as well. Uh, X, do you care to share your vote? I voted no. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I voted no. I specifically just talked about how I don't think Warrior needs a nerf. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Boom would be the one card that's up for consideration because it's the one card that's really out of place with all of the other cards in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's okay for one of those cards to exist for one of those archetypes. I'm not mad at it. Can you be, can you be Rogue, more specific which Dr. Boom you're talking about? Because there's like eight yes. cards with Dr. Boom's name on it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I meant the hero card, Dr. Boom, uh, from Boom's Day, the one that gives you the rando hero power to cost seven mana, gain seven armor, and then... Mech I can't remember the full title of this hero <laughs> card, but you guys know what I mean. Yeah. Question. Um, but go, ahead. go for it. I was just going to throw it out there. Say go ahead. I was going to say that's, uh, that's the only infinite value card. I think that's what... Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. I got very confused when we when we stepped on each other like three times. So. Right. <laughs> sorry to throw we dance all over each other. Right. I love sorry it. Sorry to throw you off track there, X. I apologize. I was going to say what what because this for me. I mean, I'm just going to jump right into it because yeah, please uh, let's do it. X uh, X already mentioned it, and and Rude, you you alluded to it. Um, I think we're all in agreement that that the probably the most problematic card in this discussion is um, is Doctor Boom. Or would be Doctor Boom. Um, I know that for me, and I don't mean to steal anybody's thunder because I'm pretty sure you're going to say the same answer. I don't think it's super overpowered. I think that the one change I think needs to happen, or would be the best to happen, would be the removal of the rush or the permanent adding of rush to all mechs. Um, I feel that that enables the card from going from being a strong card to an oppressive card. And I can get more into that in a minute, but I want to give you guys a chance to weigh in on your your thoughts before I, I before I go off on that tangent. It would be unplayable without the rush. It would need to have an immediate effect on the board in another in another way. I think the better option would be to shift it to nine mana so you can't play it and use your hero power in the same turn. I was I, I was gonna say though, I, I think the rush is fine for one turn. I just don't think it's I I don't like it being a permanent effect. Yeah, and that's tough to balance because if you're playing, let's say it stays at seven costs, then you have one turn of three. Unless it says your next turn, all mechs will have rush. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like the idea because I think the biggest problem is it comes out too early for lists that would like to have a better shot against warrior. Once you see it on seven, you you have hit you've hit that wall, mm-hmm. um, and that's super scary. I, I will reference a few you know pros thoughts on some of these cards. Um, but in one of the discussions, someone mentioned, would you still play this card if it was 8 mana? Would you still play this card if it was 9 mana? Would you still play this card if it was 10 mana? And I think people would mm-hmm. still include Dr. Boom for 10 mana in their list. 100%. Uh, nine, 9 mana does seem like a sweet spot, to be honest, um, because, I don't know. It's it's not giving in too much. Like I can already hear the counter-arguments for 10 is, 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 is aggressive. 9 still sounds, I don't know if it's just the number... Um, it still sounds better. The biggest loss is the fact that you're going to have a lot of purists who, as far as flavor text are concerned, Dr. Boom has been all about seven. So bumping up to nine would, you know, take right. away from that thematic element. But right. I think when a card is this powerful, you're lucky that that's all you have to do to potentially address it. Um, so yeah, I like that. And I do like the idea. I agree completely with X. Playing your hero power on the same turn as playing this card is too strong. Having it be gain seven armor 
and then, oh, maybe I get another gain seven armor, or maybe I queue up a huge mech that I can play next turn, or that really perfectly fits up with a magnetize. Like maybe I can pick the great a great five drop to go with my Zilliac, something like that. Um, it's just it, it's it's too much out the gate. So I think that's the best way to touch it and be, you know, n- not the the hand that's too heavy, but still, you know, not make it so that it's just a doctor meta for the next year. <laughs> Right. Well, as long as it's in the game as one of the few hero cards, it's going to be one of the most powerful cards in the game because it is literally the only card that allows for infinite value left in the game now that the other yeah. Death Knights are gone. Hagatha, or I mean, now that the Death Knights are gone, Hagatha, the other hero card, mm-hmm. um, uh, the other hero card, she doesn't allow, allow for infinite value because you don't have an infinite creatures that you can gain, gain or that you can play to gain uh, value from her hero power. The same way Dr. Boom can just be discover a mech every other turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I threw up Peter Whalen's comments on this exact topic um, because I think they're obviously really relevant to what we're talking about right here. Um, but more more to the point that the fact that, that they are already vocalizing, which is more than they've done in the past, they're already vocalizing their opinion on the subject matter, yeah. um, which I think is great. I think that's really important that they're that they're like putting their um, their thoughts out there like this. But I, I think that their take on it is interesting. Um, and in, uh, uh, Rude Clouds, you mentioned that some of the pros have already kind of voiced some input, um, kind of countering Peter Whalen's um, comments on this. But I'm just going to read the section specifically from you. I left the whole thing up here for a minute so people would have a chance to read it. Um, but I want to just read the highlighted section about Warrior in particular, because this this section is talking about the, the strength of both the Shaman hero card Hagatha and the Warrior um, hero card Dr. Boom. And it says, uh, Warrior is around the fourth best class right now, and Shaman is the fifth. Um, so let's see how things evolve um, we don't think that Dr. Boom feels inherently bad to play against. Chat, what do you think? Uh, and it doesn't seem like a huge balance outlier right now. Chat, what do you think? So we're going to let things develop before we make a call on card changes. And this is from, um, uh, what, uh, two days ago, I think this came out? Three days ago that this came out? So it's a fairly recent post. Um, I know that some some some... It's going to come up here in a minute when I go to a different couple of graphics to show some stats that would contradict some of this. But I know that the pros in particular have have voiced out a few objections to this as well. But before we get into pro talk, what do you guys think? Um, just yourselves, what do you think about this particular comment? Can I say again, infinite value and Dr. Boom in the same <laughs> sentence? You absolutely can. Yeah, well, infinite value and no other card has infinite value. Go ahead and chat. If you're listening to the podcast, I want you to rewind 90 seconds and you'll hear how I feel about (laughs) Dr. Boom and how much value he gives. So much value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's just the thing is... Oh, no, please. No, go ahead. We're just in a vacuum right now. We're out of... I don't want to phrase this. We're basically just out of this world where other infinite value cards existed. Um you can complain about Jaina and Rexar and, and, and so many other ones all at the same time where Dr. Boom wasn't the threat because it was kind of kept in check. Um, they sort of printed this as a way to say, you know what, Garrosh was not a great card necessarily as a hero card. Let's give you this instead. Uh, so warriors can have their own little fun, their fun portrait change. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's the fact that 
they've got to be aware that they are aware that infinite card generation is not a good thing uh, that don't ask me how then they printed Elysiana or cause I don't know. But uh, the fact is that just it's, it's just not good for the game. And so something that is so powerful in that, and then not just the fact that it's infinite value, but then on demand board presence board clears pretty much anytime you play a mech, you're going to clear off something. Yep. If you have boom online, it just has way too many pluses. Imagine Hagatha having like every time you play an elemental, it gains plus one plus one or something like what? Do you have, do you guys? I don't want to focus just on on on, on warrior here unless you think it's appropriate. Do you guys feel that Hagatha is anywhere close to the power level of Boom, and and or does Hagatha need to be addressed as well? I mean, Hagatha is clearly a powerful card, but mm. I would argue that Zuljin is a powerful card. But nobody, and I mean nobody, is talking about nerfing Zuljin. Yeah. Well, um, Zuljin allows for a lot of value, mm-hmm. and Hagatha allows for even more value and rewards you just for doing things you would normally do in a game, like play creatures. Mm-hmm. And then Dr. Boom allows for even more value than that, being that it's infinite, mm-hmm. and Dr. Boom is infinite value, and it's such an outlier. It's it's like, this, I'm, I read this sentence, and I just, it doesn't make any damn sense. What do you mean it's not an outlier? <laughs> right. What do you mean it's not an outlier? Well, yeah. it, and uh, I think now is a great time to bring up some of the points that were made by um, um, Board Control on, yeah. on the subject. Board Control specifically said that he, he noted um, some some HS re- replay stats on, on, on just specifically Dr. Boom. A, a, mm-hmm. a seven-mana card that you don't want to keep in your opening hand, but keeping it in op- your opening hand has a better win rate than like powerful one-drops. It's like a 70% win rate when you keep it in your opening hand. A 7 drop yes. in your opening hand has a 70% win rate because you can just play it on curve. Or, or, I mean, how bad does it feel when you get this coined out on turn 6? How bad does that feel? Against a bomb warrior who, who's already, at this point, probably put 6 bombs in your deck. A 7 drop should never even be close in your opening hand to competing with some of the best 1 drops available. Right. I mean, it, it, it's already hearkening back to keeping Jaina in your opening hand um, in the old meta. Like, people, I mean, you you just did that and you would win the game with Jaina, period. You know, uh, keeping Rexar as a six mana felt bad, but you know if you did it, you just win the game. Like, you play a warrior, oh, I gotta keep Rexar, it's a six mana card, but you just win the game, right? Uh, So, I mean, that is such a hard contradiction to to what Peter Whalen is saying right here. Now, don't get me wrong. Blizzard, if you don't know that Blizzard keeps meticulous stats and they data mine the the living hell out of their their games they do and they might have completely different numbers that we are not privy to and we will never be privy to because a lot of reasons that we're not going to get into right now hashtag algorithm conspiracy um (laughs) but um they might have different numbers that we can see um so that they're basing this on but that doesn't matter right because this is a, a game that they're providing for players and player experience matters it doesn't matter what the numbers are it matters what people believe the numbers are and what people see the numbers as right so it doesn't matter what the reality is unless you're going to put the reality of the numbers out there not just talk about them anecdotally like we don't think that it's uh, an outlier well what are your stats to back that up what stats do you have and how do they compare to what we're seeing on the sites that try to show this information right um so it's really bad for pr right and when you sit there and you tell your player base it's like almost like being gaslighted by the company (laughs) that oh you know it's not an outlier but then when you look at hs replay or you look at win rates of these decks or you know just from playing 
every other game against a warrior, how it feels, they're not the two the two realities aren't aligning in a way that we can digest. It's clear that Peter Whalen isn't playing his own damn game when he says <laughs> it doesn't feel bad to play against. <laughs> Or yeah. they're just only playing mech decks. <laughs> yeah, or he's warrior. He's playing warrior. That's what's happening. Say, I was just going to say. Dro- he's coining Dr. Moon and be like, seems good. <laughs> I'm having a great time. <laughs> I still lose the game, so it's obviously not overpowered. Right. That's right, Peter. I said you're a loser. <laughs> Putting them on blast. Um, <laughs> feed goes dark in 10. Is that nice? Is there anything more that we want to say about this particular um, quote? Because I want to throw up, because um, it's kind of, um, I want to throw up the deck list here for uh, the two warrior decks. We're going to talk about some more decks than just warrior here in a minute discussion, but I want to throw the two deck lists up so we can kind of reference them to people um, in the chat. But d- before I close this out, is there anything else you guys want to say about this or any of the um, pros comments that you guys want to interject on? I don't know. Now, the only one quick note I did want to add was just the fact that, because board control does touch on this, mm-hmm. um, is that some of these... Uh, these win rates where you see warriors doing poor is when you start to go to players who are not in legend, not in the, the, the more qualified the player is, the better they will do with this deck. And that goes inherently with almost any control deck. Controlled games will go longer than a rogue game would normally be going. And in that space, there's more decisions that need to be made. So if you take the average player having to make, you know, exponentially more decisions in a game uh, for, like versus playing just the rogue. Um, and then you take a pro making those same decisions. Uh, the room for error is is huge. It's a huge swing between both those mm-hmm. factors. So, I don't know. The, the play rate is deceivingly, or the win rate is deceivingly not as high as it should be if you kind of take a broader sample size, but that's inherent to the nature of control itself. So, it's yeah. interesting that Sounds you... Like we're all- it's interesting interesting that you mentioned win rate variance because I actually pulled some stats on this um, and we discussed this a little bit in the pre-show. Uh, I don't have the, the the stats up here, but I do have notes on them. I do put I did put the win rates on these decks and you see I have the control list and the bomb list up here listed control at a 58% win rate and bomb at a 60% win rate. I want to make notes on that. The control warrior 58% win rate is the win rate at legend. So these are the best players in the world playing this deck at the highest levels and it's a 58% win rate at legend. So if you want to talk about these are the guys that are good at the game, not making the mistakes and having a much higher win rate. But then they say, okay, well, well, like all the decisions you have to make at lower ranks, the win rate's going to be lower. No, at lower ranks, the win rate actually goes up. When you take all of the win ranks from 20, the win rates from 20 to legend, it's a 62 percent win rate that's literally one percent away from two-thirds literally two out of three games you're gonna win with that win rate you play this deck a hundred times you're gonna you're gonna gain you know 33 net stars right uh do the math it's an inevitability if you play enough games at that win rate you will you will hit legend you'll hit number one legend eventually dumb yeah, that's that's ridiculous. And, and the, now, a lot of people are going to hear that. All right, we should probably talk about like win percentages, right? A lot of people are going to hear fifty-eight percent or sixty percent. They're going, well, you're only winning basically half of your games or, or two-thirds of your games. Why is that good? That is a sorry. No, no, no. no go ahead. If you want, if you want to get into to how the win percentages work, by all means, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So the way, sorry, I didn't mean I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just. I was taken aback when you said that 60% people be like only 60%. Here's the thing. 
every deck inherently has a 50% matchup against itself. When it faces itself, it's either going to win or it's going to lose. Either way, it has one win and one loss when, it, when you count it statistically. And so when it beats another deck, it now has a win. So it has to win two for every, for every loss in order for it to hit this. And it's being pulled down closer to 50% by the mirror matches. So it, you still count that statistically in there. So anytime you're above 50%, your mirror match is dragging down your win rate. So if you if you consider that, and now you're above a 60% win rate, and you have the statistical um, feature of, that is this mirror match bringing you closer to 50%, it just shows how insane the matchups actually are and how they are um, either going to be A, super polarized like Quest Rogue used to be, where it auto-win or auto-loss, or it's going to be something that's just strong against everything. Think even lock back in the day in the hands of, you know, the most powerful even black players. Mm-hmm. So only with no downside, because even black was just never really playing good cards. Was, right. Just the hero power is so strong, you know, it relied on Gen. Um, An interesting note to, to interject there as well is that this is 58% against the field. And when we're talking about the field being mm-hmm. 50% rogues and warriors, that means that they're winning against the mirror matches and against the strongest decks in the meta and everybody else, the losses they're getting are probably mostly against mirror matches, right? And they're beating basically everybody else because statistically, statistically, that's the only way that it can make sense that you're having these kind of win rates. Yeah. So you mentioned it as uh, 100 games at 60%, 100 games from rank four, zero stars gets you into legend. Mm -hmm. That's 20 games over 500. So you only need to play three games per day every day for the month to hit legend. Mm-hmm. That's that pretty much. That's and this is just one of the decks we're one of the the classes we're going to talk about today. And that's pretty much sums up why um, a lot of people like look at the 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 post from Peter Whalen and they, then they look at the numbers and then they look at their own experience and they look at their own deck tracker stats and they go something isn't adding up here, right? And uh, so what factor do you think that, hypothetically speaking, we take Dr. Boom as he is out of these decks entirely. What, are the, what happens to these win rates? What do you guys think? Control Warrior doesn't exist. Yeah, that plummets. Bomb Warrior might get better. Bomb Warrior probably wouldn't change much. It would still be super powerful mm-hmm. because the Dr. Boom was mostly just to deal with the other control decks, the other warrior decks, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but since we've really fallen into an Archivist Elysiana, I think that that makes up for the missing Dr. Boom. Right. Um, if you could just rely on that as your win condition, the mulligan for it effectively, and you'll probably play a more te- um, a more tempo-oriented card than Dr. Boom, Mad Genius. Uh, I'm going to quickly go through this list so everyone can uh, know what we're talking about with this Bomb Warrior list. It runs Eternium Rover, Omega Assembly, Shield Slam, Town Crier, Warpath, Elec, uh, Clockwork Goblin, Shield Slam, Militia Commander, one copy of Omega Devastator, which I've not seen before, Double Wrench Caliber, Double Brawl, uh, Double Dynomatic, two Sephorian Bombers, which I've never seen two of either. Yeah, it's super greedy, but you know, as pulled this list, this is the one with six percent yeah. win rate, and then Aziliax, Blastmaster, Boom, Doctor Boom, and Archivist Aliciana. This is the sixty percent win rate Bomb Warrior deck. Um, so if you took out the if you took out the Doctor Boom Mad Genius, you would now look at something to fill in the curve at two or three, and that would probably help the deck out. Yep. 
Yeah, my, my, my thought here is that um, if you take, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. If you take Dr. Boom out, Bomb Warrior is fine, especially this greedy of a list. It's going to remain basically the same because this deck is basically all in. This list is basically all in, and if for some reason they play a Control Warrior or somebody that takes them to fatigue or, or they play a mirror match, they've got uh, Elysiana in there as an answer, right? That's basically how this this deck wins, and it doesn't necessarily need Dr. Boom because it doesn't care about trading. It doesn't care about engine value. It just needs to live long enough for the bombs to kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I don't think this deck changes much, but the control warrior I think goes away. Now, here's the bigger problem: if control warrior goes away, what happens to the meta at large, right? Like token druid just like yeah. rises to the top again. You know, um, yeah, hunters start like coming out of the woodwork. I mean, control warrior has been an essential part of keeping the meta in check forever. So it's like maybe part of their their defense of 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 Doctor Boom is the fact that they don't want to see control warrior go away because they know it's gonna belie the underlying problem with certain decks that we're going to talk about more like token druid so yeah it's going to be an aggressive players you know dream um and to go over the control warrior list real quick too it's it's a very it's a pretty stand this is a pretty standard control warrior list um we talked about it earlier that the control warrior list that um that kind of bounced back and forth between the top of hs replay that i've been seeing um have been um the version that is the Mechathune version, and then this version, which is the non-Mechathune version. Um, this one has spent more time there, which is one of the reasons why I chose it. It's currently, um, I think it was, when I pulled this list, it was currently at the top in place of Mechathune, but it's literally day by day. They, they flop back and forth. Um, but I'm going to post this deck list in uh, code in there as well if you want to check it out for yourself. Go ahead, uh, whoever's gonna, whoever I interjected on. Oh. I mean, I think we were both in the same spot. I don't know. I, it's just the issue here is no other classes do control right now as good as Warrior did, um, <clears throat> as good as Warrior does. And so you just you take that away, and it's nothing fills that void. And so I don't know if that's one of the reasons that they are maybe leaning into this idea of keeping Boom around because mm-hmm. they know that. Uh, otherwise, what we're seeing, Chef Nomi Priest, which is gaining some prevalence, which does have some very strong anti-aggro uh, uh, tools, um, and can clear off the board with the. I always want to call it Flame Waker, but I know it's not Flame Waker. The the Pyromancer. Two, Pyromancer. There we go. Um, they sort of do this whole machine gun. I'm going to remove the board while this stays at like six health somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but even magic. that, it really is magic. Yeah. Well, yeah, and even that is not reliable enough. Um, Druid, there's the heal druid that's kind of going around. I've played maybe three matches total mm-hmm. against it, um, but that's not good. That's not causing any problems. So I think the the root problem here is there's no other way for them to satisfy control players, and and I think they want a diverse meta with control in it. And I think we mm-hmm. all should, considering that's just um, that's just a facet of card games, right. and that's how you uh, that's how you even improve as a player. Is by facing all these different matchups and getting familiar with them, and, and the game is just more, you know, dynamic that way. So, I don't know. The only other thing I did hear as far as change for Doctor Boom was someone had mentioned change the hero power. You keep the rest, but you change the hero power to summon two two or, or two one one boom bots, and having that be part of the flavor of Doctor Boom, which has always been associated with boom bots. That's actually um, kind of cool. That's actually kind of right? cool. I like that a lot. And as 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 Doctor Boom, OG Doctor Boom is my favorite card of all time. I like that change. It's thematic yeah. and it's not overpowered. 
Yeah, and that's just the oh, thing because that sounds it, extremely overpowered. Well, I was gonna say for anyone who knows Boombots, their one-one death rattle would be is um it does anywhere from one to four damage to anything on your opponent's board. So I it would, could hit a minion, it could go face. I would take that over the rush effect any day. This would include the rush effect. Ooh, they keep they, the hero power changes, but because I, I don't think you can touch the hero power and the rush. Ooh, yeah, I don't. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought I thought it was the summon effect. I, I apologize. I yeah. thought that that was going to change the summon effect, not the hero power. I like the hero power how it is. I okay. honestly, I don't think it's that bad. I think it's the combination of both effects makes the combination so brutal, is, in yeah. my opinion. Especially since there's so many mechs being run in Warrior right now, it's like 85 percent of their minions now just gain an effect that you usually have to pay a heavy premium for in any other deck. And yeah. you just get it for free as a bonus, and then you get to make more things that have it for free as a bonus. So, um, interesting thought here, guys. Um, what do you think if... Um, or I should say, this is an interesting thought about um, about um, the Bomb Warrior win rate. Bomb Warrior win rate at ranks 5 to 1 is 60%. Bomb Warrior rate at win rate at... Um, all ranks is 60% on average and it only at legend it's still 55%. So it's a very consistently strong deck at all ranks. Yeah. I'm surprised by that. I still don't think Bomb Warrior is a very good deck. And again, I've been playing decks that counter mm -hmm. Warrior in general, but I've just ah, uh, I just I just don't know. I'm shocked to hear those numbers. Well, I, I'm not if you think about it, right? Um, and I, I was thinking about this, and I was talking about this on my stream a little bit. And one thing I want to mention before we talk about some of the other decks that we want to talk about today, and let, um, uh, I just want to throw this out there for a little bit of, uh, of discussion. Um, if you think about it, like talking about getting rewarded for doing things that you want to do already, like Hagatha does, right? You're playing all these cards that you're going to play anyway, like these tempo-y kind of cards, like weapons, well-statted weapons, and decently statted minions, three mana, three threes, and weapons, you know, four attack weapons, right? Or three attack weapons, um, uh, whatever wrench caliber is. You're playing all these well-statted cards that have this very powerful bonus effect that just accumulates yeah. over time, accumulates over time. And you're getting rewarded. You're getting this backdoor reward for doing the things you're going to do already. So on curve, playing on curve minions at no downside, well-statted on curve stuff on, uh, on curve. And on top of that, you're just putting like, you know, by turn six, you can easily have six bombs in their deck. By turn 12, you know, if you've played all of your stuff, you can put as many as like 40 or 80 if you get if you have Elix teched in there. 40 or 80, excuse me. 40 or 80, anywhere from 40 to 80 damage worth of bombs in somebody's there deck. There you go. It's not unreasonable, right? Yeah. Um, and, you're, and, and this is on top of the threat of just doing tempo-y on-curve stuff already. And I think the one-two punch of that now combined with the fact that you have rush on all of these things that you're playing, so now you can clear the board and have weapons and have things in their deck. It's so, it's so like catastrophically overwhelming to the to most players, even high-end players. I think that's why you see the win rates where they're at. Because even though it might not feel like it should be that strong, it's being, I think, unfairly enabled by some of the other things that that um, that things like Doctor Boom allow to happen. Yeah, I think my only we really last... beat this Doctor Boom horse to death. Can we move on to the next uh, the next deck? Because I know we wanted to talk about these token druids too. One hundred percent. I'm going to throw up yeah. uh, the other two decks we want to talk about today, which are Temple Rogue and Token Druid. Anything stand out to you about those numbers, guys? Does that say sixty four percent as? 
Yeah. So Does this uh, thing with five hundred thousand, aka a half a million games played, it has a sixty four percent win rate as? That is correct. The token druid deck, um, that we that uh, that I put up here right now is from HS Replay. It's got five hundred thousand games played on it to date, and it has across all ranks a sixty four percent win rate. Fifty eight percent win rate, it ranks five to one. Fifty six percent rank win rate at legend and sixty four percent win rate across all ranks with five hundred so this is not a small sample size. This is a huge sample size. I'm gonna I'm gonna real quickly go down and read the list because this is such an insane and I think anybody listening deserves to know the yeah. know this crazy list. It's two acorn bearer, two crystal song porter, two dreamway guardians, two evil cable rats, uh keeper stalagist, two power of the wild, two wrath, two blessing of the ancient, two landscaping, two savage roar, archmage, vargoth. Hate that card. Uh, double Mark of the Loa, Double Soul of the Forest, Double Swipe, Double Mist, uh, Whispering Wood, and Double the Forest's Aid, which is surprisingly useful. Mm-hmm. So, thoughts, guys? Have at it. Yeah, I don't know. Let's start. We got that in order here. Uh, that went from Control Bomb to Tempo. So let's take a, a moment to talk about this Tempo Rogue because, mm-hmm. again, like we've the name, the title of this show today is uh, Rise of Rogues. Right. Uh, and and I think most people that I know at least are running this list, um, and for good reason. It is super powerful. It's very interesting to see Chef Nomi listed in the sixty percent win rate list. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I have not seen more than one or two Chef Nomis at uh, you know in in the the three to four region, mm-hmm. just like, and which is so that's very weird to see. I'm curious what is teched out for that. This um, particular list was the trending list, right? And and okay. I chose this one because it was trending and because it had, um, it was the top version of this list at uh, when when I when I pulled this particular list because yeah. I, I also because I like the Chef Nomi ad, but because it's it's the the the, the top ranked Temple World. But in general, the list is only going to vary from a few cards, um, yeah. and and the cards are going to vary in these lists by three to five cards as the meta shifts. But the base. Um, of the deck is going to remain pretty much the same, and the playstyle of the deck is going to remain pretty much the same. And you can pull, you can go back and pull a Temple Rogue list from almost any day from the last two weeks, and you're going to see almost the same win rate, anywhere from a 58 to a 62% win rate, um, and a very, very similar list. And because I've been watching this since we 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 started talking about the, having this discussion after last week's episode, so I've been watching this for four or five days, and it's been very consistently in the upper 50s, low 60s for the win rate. Um, this just yeah. happened to be the one that was trending currently as the 60% win rate sorry uh, go ahead i just wanted to explain why this list is on here yeah my my i'm gonna say this and i actually want to hear x thoughts as well but we talked about dr boom right out the gate as far as a card that needs to be adjusted i want to talk about the card i think needs to be adjusted in this list Mm -hmm. i think raiding party should cost four mana and Mm -hmm. i think that is the most likely change that we will see in rogue um people are discussing prep i'm not against prep but i realized that prep is something that rogues do build their identity around um i used to be very gung-ho like yeah prep needs to be addressed i think it does limit design space and the fact that they feel like they have to make rogue spells now cost five mana anywhere from three to five mana they can't be uh uh any like like they have to be in this range that's high just because prep is there Mm -hmm. um it's not necessarily the most healthy thing but the fact that you can literally no cost draw three very powerful cards some that sync up directly with each other in waggle pick plus double dread corsair um 
is just gross. It's it's just too strong for something like Rogue. And if you do it on turn three and you do prep, um, braiding party, and then Van Cleef, you are playing three cards and drawing three cards for three mana, um, and getting a six six on the. Yep. That is too strong. Um, I have more points, but X, I want to hear your thoughts. Raiding party sucks to play against. Yep. When they prep raiding party coin Van Cleef, you hit the concede button because it feels how how did Peter Whalen say? Inevitable and miserable to play against. His um, words, not mine. Right. And and I would agree. I would agree. Literally, this is why one of the reasons why I think control shaman has had a place. Um, why I think um, any shaman has had a place right now, because shaman has tools that can just answer that. Most people don't, right? Um, because they have a cheap earth shock and they have a fairly fairly cheap um, answer in frog. You have a four you have four cards in your deck and you have other things that can generate cards like um, 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 hor- like uh, uh, vision. Um, um, because you have those cards, they allow you to answer things that most decks just can't deal with. How I mean, how do you answer? How do you answer a even a six six fan cleave on three or four? How do you answer that with most classes? You just you don't. Right? You you're playing what priest and you've got power of power of death. Most classes can't do that without without having either a really lucky draw or um, just having somehow if they got board control against a rogue. I, well, I don't know. Hunter has good single target removal, but I think that's it. Yeah, but Hunter gets crushed by so many things in the meta right now. The chances of you running exist. against a, exactly the chances of you running into a hunter are so are, are so slim. So uh, I would agree that that raiding party is the enabler here. Um, I get a little nervous when we start talking about um, nerfing prep because it's yeah. a class identity card, both um, both in Hearthstone, but just class identity because of uh, of prep in Rogue as a class relating back to WoW. Um, it's a it's a it's a it's a slippery slope, but it's the same reason why they had to be careful with rogue weapons because rogue weapons, if imbalanced, can become extremely oppressive. Um, and maybe that maybe we're just getting to a point now where if you want to have like you were talking about uh, root clouds, a less limited di- uh, design space, maybe we're going to have to make some sacrifices. They did with druid; they've nerfed a number of druid core cards, so maybe they have to do that with with prep. But I think if you deal with like it's the same thing with shadow step. Why why Leroy? Jenkins is considered a problematic card mostly because Rogue exists with with Shadow Step. Like um so it's just one of those things where it's like they might have to start looking at those things even if they don't want to. <clears throat> um beyond that though, uh are there any other cards cuz I I I'm looking at chat here people are talking about uh Myra's unstable element being a problematic uh, addition to the deck. Um, is there anything else in here? Is Waggle Pick something that's come up in conversation? Is there anything else in this list beyond the things that we've talked about that have that you think have helped this deck rise to the top? Because even though we talked a lot about Warrior, um, because Warrior is very represented, I think everybody in this group would agree that 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 Rogue is probably the most consistently strong deck. It's currently it's been the top the tier one deck across the board for the last week, maybe more. Um, even though it might not be as as Represented at different ranks as Bomb Warrior is, um, it's or Token Druid is. It's certainly the deck that is dominating the meta. I know, like I played fifty percent of my games against it the last couple of days. Um, so, is there anything else in this list that you think is enabling um, this deck to be so dominant? Tell me how the hell a deck with no real one or two drops <laughs> killed me on turn five so often. <laughs> That's a great point. 
That's Real a great talk. point. Well, if you look at how the average play works, like like you think you're playing like a slow mid range or even a control deck against Temple Rogue, which is tempo, but they don't do anything till like turn three or four. <laughs> yeah, then on turn three they play an eight eight. On turn four they play a four four that gets bigger every turn, and then on turn five they hit you for ninety. It's it's simple <laughs> math, really. Right. So really, it should be called like ramp rogue or burst rogue, not tempo rogue. Because it doesn't really feel very... It does, the, the tempo doesn't start until, like, turn three, four, or five. It's really more just play the best cards in the game, Rogue, is yeah. how I would describe it. If it's green, play it. Yeah. Um, no, like, yeah. for, for real, though, the deck the deck overall is not uh, truthfully enabled by... Um, as me and Rube were talking about, Raiding Party it is a huge card, but it's just Master's Call, which is... Sucks again, but it's annoying. Every single card in there is annoying. Tempo Rogue is always going to be a deck just because that's the identity of Rogue is it's mm-hmm. going to be Tempo. So you can guarantee at the beginning of every single rotation. This time next year, we're going to talk, be talking about nerfing prep again. Yep. I promise. If they don't, yeah. if they don't do it. So that brings up an interesting topic. And we, we, we beat up Token Druid the last couple of weeks. I don't think we need to dive too much into Token Druid. I just oh, yeah. did, I want, I did want to point out the win rate on that. But I do want to kind of jump into the heart of, of one of the questions now that we've kind of discussed the various decks in question here with all of this discussion out of the way do we feel do we feel like any of these decks or classes need an adjustment i mean what what is our consensus here do we want to take a, a, a yay or nay vote or do we just want to talk, talk about it uh kind of uh off the cuff I'm good. Nothing needs to change. Dr. Boom, I hate it, but whatever. That's it. Nothing really, needs to change. Really? So X X is going hardcore, guys. He's going yeah. he's going like no lives. You're dead. You got to start over from zero. Hardcore mode. Uh, Eric, what are your thoughts? Boom has to be adjusted somehow. It stands out too much. The value is too much. There's... There's just no way you can look at this card. This this card does not represent Hearthstone now. This card mm-hmm. represents Hearthstone, whatever, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And mm-hmm. that's its biggest problem, is it's so out of place as we've constantly talked about. Um, I honestly, I really don't know how you balance it, because even at nine man, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. There's just so many factors. There's just so many factors between the rush and the hero power and the value that, that stems from both. Uh, so I don't know what they're going to do. Hopefully something. Um, Rogue, I think they do. I think they need to put Raiding Party at four. That's the only way you avoid a prep nerf IMO. Um, and I think it'd be fair. It, it'd make it so you get away from these Van Cleef turns that are so awkward. Like, I don't think Van Cleef needs to be nerfed. X did bring up the fact that removal is not as prevalent as it used to be, or you may have actually as with Shaman. Um, but it's very true. We saw Hunter's Mark get to two mana. We saw Hexes at four mana. No one's really running many silences. The Owl's at three mana. Um... What are some other other common things? Spellbreakers of four. Mm-hmm. Spellbreakers four. It's just like yeah. It's just there's not a lot of hard removal right now. And we even as and I were talking about this. Um, there's not a lot of early game taunt. The same way that there was a tar creeper that could maybe protect you for a turn or stonehill. These auto include taunt cards that you would see early game that would help stem something like this um, is not there. So you were taking six damage, mm-hmm. uh, almost guaranteed when this is on the board. So. I really just think it makes it too powerful. I like Wagglepick. I really don't mind Leroy Wagglepick that much. I think it's the fact that they can get you so low that they don't even really need Leroy Wagglepick to pop off sometimes. Um, They can just do it themselves, and that's just like the cherry on top. So that's my thought there. For Druid, 
Druid, I haven't thought enough about. We talked about Druid a lot last week. Well, if yeah. you want a moment to think about Druid, I'll throw my thoughts in here real quick, um, and then we can close out this segment if you guys don't have anything else to add. Um, I, I think I I think Boom needs to be adjusted. Um, I, I talked about it earlier. I stand by my statement. Nothing in in my research over the week and nothing in this conversation has, has shaken me too much from that position. I think that it just needs to be a, a minor adjustment. I'm fine with the hero power. I'm fine with the armor cost. I'm fine with the cost of the card. Um, I just think it does too much too consistently for too little of a cost. Um, I like the idea of, of kind of hybriding off what the other suggestion was. Replace the give your max rush to when you play this card, it summons to 1-1 one, one boom bots. And there you go. That's what it does on turn. Maybe they can even have rush that turn, you know, and, and your max have rush for the to till the end of your next turn. I, I don't I don't care what it is, but it just needs to be I think that the permanent rush needs to go away. That's my that's my thought. It's just it allows too much value over the course of the game for an effect that is super expensive in any other class or usually requires additional cards to be continu- continually played. Um, as for Tempo uh, Rogue, um, I agree 100% Raiding Party is probably the enabler here. Um, Van Cleef being cheated out and made big has been a thing for as long as this game has existed, guys. It has been around forever. That is not the problem, in my opinion. The problem is that the answers to that have become fewer and far between, and combinations like um, Raiding Party make it a little better because it's so clean, right? It's so clean to do prep. Uh, because how many how many times do you want to play a spell on turn three like that without this card in there? Usually you're doing something like Coin Van Cleef, Shadow Step Van Cleef. That's the kind of thing that you're doing usually to get Van Cleef out at a buff. But it's been it's existed forever. I think the biggest problem is that. Um, the meta as a whole doesn't have, like you were talking about, a lot of answer cards, or the answer cards have been nerfed. Well, now if you yeah. answer, if you nerf all the answer cards because they're preventing the things that you want to happen, the things that you want to happen get abused. So you can't have it both ways. I would say make that adjustment, and see how it feels. As far as token druid goes, I think token druid is uh, a meh deck overall. Um, I think the thing that makes token druid oppressive is the same thing that made um, what was it called, the grave digger? What made grave digger oppressive back in Max is the fact that it adds health. You, you take away the buffs that add health for so cheap, um, or you limit those, and, and this deck gets significantly more balanced, right? So you, ch- you take away the plus one, plus one on the twin spell effects, and you make it plus one attack on the twin spell effects. I think you do that. You can leave Power um, power of the Wild, which which is a, a class card. Leave that alone. Give them a little bit, of, but but the fact that they can do Power of the Wild, Power of the Wild, they can they can combo it with the um, the the Druid card that allows them to get both effects off of something to get more Power of the Wilds, and then they can twin spell on top of it to get plus one plus one, and they can twin spell again to pl- plus one plus one. It just it allows their health to ramp up too fast in a meta where there's so few board clears that it um, it gets their health out of range of a- having answers in a reasonable fashion. So I think that little adjustment for me is what I would like to see in Token Druid. But my answer is every one of these classes need a minor adjustment. Um, and it's not because I want to see good classes go away. It's because I want to see other classes have a chance against them so the meta isn't stale in two weeks. Yeah. Good to hear the insight. Okay. I also like how we all had different answers. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, so then I guess if you guys have nothing else to add, I think we can move into um, our, our deck highlights this week. Yeah. Okay. Looking forward to it. Sweet. I'm looking forward to the shaman, honestly. Me too. Not because I'm biased or anything. Let's uh, let's pop those up here real quick. And doink, doink, and doink. All right. So, um, everybody, uh, 
listening at, at home, uh, we, we each brought a list this week. Um, the meta isn't quite stabilized enough for us to really feel comfortable um, focusing on one deck right now, other than the fact that we kind of focus on a couple of the prevalent decks already in the meta discussion in general. Um, so we still decided to bring one deck each to kind of show, showcase some of the decks that are out there other than these super strong decks. Um, and this week, um, Exiles brought Handlock, uh, Rude Clouds brought Mech Hunter, and I brought Big Shaman. Uh, who who wants to go first and kick off the discussion? I can go. Uh, yeah, yeah, please take it away. I know I Handlock go. is something you had talked about in the past, so I want to hear your thoughts on this list. I love Handlock, and this is a, this is a version that between myself and Ben from work we had come up with. He gave me his shell, and then I made it exile a.k.a. good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, so I was. My list is running double mortal, co- double mortal coil, double shriek, double Dalaran Libra- librarian, which is the two mana two three silence a minion on each side of it. Uh, double sun fury protector, double arcane watcher, which is the three mana five six uh, can attack unless you have spell damage plus one. Earthen ring fire seer, two of those. Double faceless rager, a defender of Argus. Double hellfire, double spellbreaker, double twilight drake, Ziliax, single copy of siphon soul. Uh, double Violet Warden, which is the 6-mana 4-7 spell damage plus 1. Archville and Rafam, Lord Godfrey, Archivist Alisiana, and Double Mountain Giant. I was running Double Shriek because there was a lot of token druid at the time when I was playing mm-hmm. this. Um, I very recently, i.e. read earlier today, a few hours ago, <laughs> took one Shriek out for an Ancestral... or um, The 2-mana 4-5 can't attack. Uh, oh, Cameron. yes, yes. Okay. Can't remember what it's called, but it's a two mana four five that can attack. Um, Ancient Watcher. Ancient Watcher, exactly. That, that I put it that I put in there for it, and another card that I played around with was Shadow Flame. This card is, or this deck is really strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, this deck is really strong as long as you're not playing against any uh, Bomb Warriors or any Tempo Rogue. <laughs> so it's a natural. It's good against everything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to say that, that uh, and those of you that know me or hang around my streams know that um, OG Handlock, which this is very similar to, um, is my absolute favorite deck of all time. Um, so this harkens back to my early love uh, of this deck and uh, in the early days of this game. Um, this was the first deck that I had seriously made ladder climbs with was the OG Handlock deck. So I love the fact that um, that this new meta has allowed for this to have a place, even if the other decks are kind of oppressing it a little bit. The fact that it exists and is in any way, shape, or viable is even a tier two deck to me just warms my heart. And the fact that I saw you playing it on stream the other day when you uh, uh, when you were was just was so awesome to sit there and watch somebody as good as you are pilot this deck, even in a meta that isn't good for it. So I'm super happy to see it again. And thanks for bringing it. No, thanks. Of course, dude. It was my pleasure. How about you, Eric? Yeah, so I brought a um, pretty straightforward mech hunter. This list does have a couple variations um, from what you'll see normally. I actually, I'm planning on taking out the Defender of Argus because it's just not reliable enough, I think. I think mm-hmm. even just putting in a Dire Wolf makes more sense. Um, and so if I'm going to go that route, but a pretty straightforward list. <laughs> it's pretty, On Twitter, I've heard it described as um, you type in mech and you just click until your your deck fills up. And that's kind of what happens here. Um, so a lot of the same shells. I'll, I'll just point out some highlights here. Um, it does run nine lives, the three mana card that um, you discover a death rattle card that has died this game on your end. The death rattle triggers, and then you get that card back in your hand. That's It's such a gross effect, especially the way that it can combo with some of these other things. Um, 
uh, an MVP that I've seen with that has been Spider Bomb, um, as well as Oblivatron. If you if you get your Oblivatron, you can trigger the Death Rattle. The the Oblivatron is back in your hand. It can either go on board or you can summon another mech from your hand. Like it's just there's a lot of really fun synergy. And the reason <laughs> I like this deck so much compared to um, at this point that Secret Mech Pally that I was running is the fact that with Secret Mech Pally. Your big turnarounds are when you stuff Aziliax on some of your other mechs. Like those are your big your big pieces, and you're getting a big heal swing turn. Um, the issue with that is your mechs don't start until turn five with war or turn four, I should say, with the two four taunt um, annoy module. Um, but then turn five with uh, war gear, um, and then turn six with the, uh, the the well planks. And so that's late enough in the game at this point that aggro decks can take you out before you really recover. Right. The nice thing about this list is. You've got, uh, you still have that potential. You, this list does still run, um, uh, you know, a lot of ways to to get a big Zeliax, but also on its own, it's just you can you can get things out earlier. I've had Venomizer put in work early, as much as I like to hold it off as long as possible. Venomizer is gross. I think the biggest difference is the fact that uh, Spider Bomb exists. The amount of games that I've beat Summon Mage because of my Spider Bombs, I've been able to just control their. Um, mm-hmm their mountain giants out even if they copy them it's it's gross mm-hmm. um so i i really do like this list and this is what I'm, I'm planning on piloting the rest of this week um up until uh i think i legend I, I think it's super solid as mentioned it's number two on the uh on the meta charts right now and i think for good reason it's it beats warrior so easily mm-hmm. <laughs> um if you are annoyed with warrior just stack you'll be happy and it runs boom master flark and those are the two arguments i have and a discussion what did you bring as <laughs> Uh, well, I just want to say on this particular list, I, I adore this list. Um, I played a little Mech Hunter the other day. Um, it was a different version of Mech Hunter. It was kind of an experimental list, um, mm-hmm. which was fun to play. But this list, list is so solid, so solid. Um, and if, and I, I posted the deck code in here like I did for, for X's deck as well. If you just want a well-rounded, um, consistent deck, this deck is the deck to pick. And if I, if I ever get bored... Um, tinkering around with Shaman actually want to make a legitimate push. My guess is because I've hit Hunter every single time. I've hit Legend every single time I've hit Legend with a Hunter deck. <laughs> I imagine at some point I'll be playing Mech Hunter to do it again. So I, I like yeah. this list a lot. Um, I suppose one last interaction that I should mention is not just meme worthy, but very, very strong. Um, I mentioned earlier I like to hold on to the Venomizer. That's mm-hmm. because this list does run uh, Missile Launcher. Mm-hmm. Missile Launcher is a six mana card. It's a four four with Magnetic on it, and at the end of your turn, it does one damage to every everything else. So whether it's other minions, whether it's your minions, your face, your opponent's face, um, it does that. So if you attach Venomizer, which is a poisonous mech for two two um, <clears> that magnetizes, you just get a guaranteed board clear. And when your deck runs so many bombs, um, like Explodinator, like Flarks, that's just a bunch of two damage. Uh, missiles going right towards your opponent. So yeah. I've the, I've gotten a lot of lethals that way. Yep. Um, just in my limited playtime, I think 35, 36 games. It's because the poisoned missile hits the player's face and they they die, right? <laughs> that's that's how it works. That's, that's what. Yeah. That's come on. What is full full disclosure? That, that, this that, to you? That doesn't work, guys. That doesn't work. Yeah. Um, for this week, I brought Big Shaman as I alluded to earlier because I've been I've been taking around with Shaman for the for the last seven to ten days, trying to make Control Shaman work consistently on the ladder with mixed results. Um, at X's suggestion, watching me beat my head in, into the wall, um, trying to make that work, he said I should try Big Shaman. And guys, it turns out Big Shaman's a legitimate deck. 
It really is. It's not a meme deck. It's a legitimate contender deck. Um, this particular list I like more than a lot of the lists I've been seeing floating around. I believe X. This is your own tweaked version of the list, so you'll see a lot of similar. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see a lot of similar cards to what's in the in the um, the more I, I would say standard list. Um, um, and and X, uh, I'd like you to go over the, the changes that you made to it uh, after I, I say a few words on it, just to give some people um, your in, insight as to why you put these cards in here. Um, but just real quickly, the list on in here, and I'll post the desk, the the deck list link um, as he's um, taking the time to, to make those comments. But this list runs. Um, uh, Big Shaman list runs two totemic, two totemic smashes, two ancestral spirits, two big bad voodoo's, two farsights, two haunted visions, two lightning storms, two hexes, two Hagatha schemes, two muck morphers, two uh, one Zilliax, uh, two Eurekas, two Reign of Toads, uh, an Alakir, a Hagatha, two walking uh, walking fountains, a Ysera, and two big bad archmages. Um, X, if you just want to go over some of the changes from the more standard list real quick uh, and let people know why you made these changes because I think they were really good. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> most of the most of the big shaman lists right now, you're seeing one big bag or archmage or one big bag or excuse me, one big bag archmage or one walking fountain. You're not generally seeing two of both of those. I put both of them in there because I often feel incredibly unlucky, honestly, and I want to <laughs> be able to hit something with Muckmorpher all the time. I, mm-hmm. Not ashamed to say it's just because I feel unsafe and uncomfortable then uh, not running any earth shock <laughs> not running any earth shock because i found it more important to be able to deal two damage not just to the face because totemic smash also smashes face but uh to the minions and as is already attested to it earlier the two damage matters in a class yes. with no other real ping um I, a lot of a lot are not running double big bad voodoo i'm seeing a lot of zero or one big bad voodoos in the deck in um and instead of instead of big bad voodoo, you're seeing things like ancestral healing, the zero mana zero mana spell that gives uh, heals a minion to full health and gives it taunt, which is really good for walking fountain. But outside of that, I didn't really see enough of a an immediate use for it. Right, um, mm-hmm. just normally putting up a putting up a taunt isn't good enough. And then we're running double lightning storm, which you don't see in any other big shaman deck. Nobody's running double lightning storm, but again. <laughs> I, I feel incredibly unlucky, and I run into Token Druid. And mm. well, when yeah. you have two Lightning Storm, two Hagatha Scheme, you're not going to lose to Token Druid. Yeah, so. uh, and I, I, I just wanted. I, I'm glad that you put that insight in there, guys. And the reason why I wanted to highlight that is because a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, you might be listening to the podcast, you might be watching the podcast, and you'd be like, ah, I didn't get the deck list because I wasn't in chat that day." Um, Look up this particular version of the list. One reason why I wanted to read it and why I wanted to highlight why I, I think the changes are so important because I've played 60 games with this deck over the last um, two and a half days or so, two days or so. And I got to tell you, this deck crushes uh, Rogue. Crushes Rogue. Um, it holds its own against Bomb Warrior. Um, uh, uh, I've only played one or two Control Warriors with it, but it holds its own against Bomb Warrior. Um, it does hold its own against Token Druid. The things that that are are all over the map about, against Mech Hunter, it holds its own against that. This deck is solid. It's well rounded. You have a chance in a lot of the decks, uh, a lot of the, the decks that are prevalent on the list, and the and the best deck on the uh, on the ladder right now, which is Temple Rogue. It just crushes. Like I said earlier, I believe in the sixty games I played this deck, I cannot think of a game where I lost to a rogue. Maybe I've lost one, but it's not many. And I played a lot of rogues. Um, so it's a very, very, very solid list right now, and I love it a lot. And I think some of the tech changes that you made are are quite 
quite brilliant having it in practice. I'm going to tell you right now, two walking fountains is a stroke of genius. It is, it keeps you, it walking fountain, okay, because you, you, you toad, uh, you, you play Reign of Toads on turn six, right? And then, yeah, you can't do anything on the next turn because of, of the, um, because of the uh, over, uh, um, oh my God, why am I forgetting overload. that term? Overload, thank you. Um, but it, you know, you use your board clears to keep your toads alive, and then the next turn he has to trade all of his stuff in, and then um, after that, use your walking fountain to kill whatever's left and heal up at the same time. It's amazing. And Muck Morpher, I mean, Muck Morpher so consistently hits a card that you need. And you know, I, we mentioned this when we were talking about um, two weeks ago. We were talking about cards that we thought were going to be interesting. Um, or, or be impactful. And this was on my list. I think this was second or third on my list. Um, I didn't envision it being used in this particular way, but I just had a feeling that card would would would, would show its worth eventually. And in this deck, it really shines. Getting that yeah. card out is just so good. And then when you put the Ancestral Spirit on it and you get the full-fledged copy of it, how many times I've, I have done uh, Muck Morpher into Walking Fountain, into Double Trade with uh, Ancestral Spirit on it, into Double Trade to clear a board and full heal. It's so oh. good against Token and and, um, and and Tempo. So good. So this list is really, really solid. And like I said, I have a 64% win rate with it over the last 60 games. It's really, really good, guys. It's a solid list. It is not a meme. It is a good list in the meta right now. Um, so yeah, I, I can't rave about it enough. I, lo- I, I love the, the list. I think it's great. Um, so yeah, that's about all I have to say about 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 my deck. <laughs> so well said. All right. Well, I think that concludes um, our deck discussion for this week. Um, did we want to uh, bounce back uh, as we move into the to, to to the final segment of the show? Did we want to bounce back and look at the uh, the Twitter poll to see if there's any changes in that real quick? I was going to mention, so thank you everyone again for voting. We actually got uh, a few more votes, so now we're up to 18. Okay. Uh, current tally has actually switched. We're now, I think this is switching, 56, 56% of people um, want to see a nerf or a balance adjustment of some kind with either Rogue, Warrior, or Druid. And then um, 44% says, uh, no, not needed yet. Okay. Okay, so a little bit of an uptick, but basically the same. And you mentioned this earlier. It is interesting and I think kind of good to see that it is close because it means that it is an issue on people's mind, but that it, it, there are differing opinions on it. So it, it's it's definitely in, in the thought process and people are aware of it, even if they, they think it's a little early. Um, which is surprising considering the fact that like when you do the math, there's a lot of there's a lot of numbers out there to back it up. But you know, X makes a compelling point. Maybe people listen to him. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be curious to see. I don't expect changes. I think as as I did have this conversation last week, I don't expect changes within the first month that this mm-hmm. has been that the set's been out. True. Maybe within the first two months. So if we see anything, keep your eyes out for that. But again, from what we heard from the the balance team, uh, they don't necessarily have their sights on much right now. So we'll 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 see what ends up happening. Okay. Um, and just real quick, if anybody has any questions or comments that they that they want to throw out there, real quick, feel free to type them in chat right now. We'll uh, we'll take one or two of them um, as we're sitting here and kind of wind, winding down the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just to reiterate, um, if you guys uh, are coming late to the show, uh, we do have the uh, the podcasts 
and the orbit section are live on our on our, our website now. So you can check those out at uh, eternalorbit.gg. And you can listen to podcasts and download them from iTunes or, or, or soon anywhere where you get your uh, where your podcast from. We're on iTunes, dude. We're, We're on, on iTunes. iTunes. That's amazing. Take that, Steve Apple. <laughs> Steve <laughs> Apple. <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. Thank you again, everyone who's been so supportive to all this. Um, if there's any uh, any suggestions, anything that you're you're curious about, please feel free to let us know. For uh, you know, you know, always improving and and getting better with with all. But we're just stoked that we get to have so much support in the first place. Right. Um, and yeah, on top of all of that, if you are you know enjoying the content that we put out, um, we are all under Eternal Orbit and. We have three more members, uh, Blum Plunk, Valserin, and Striving Light. Um, if you want to help support us in any other ways, if you go to our website, we do have an active Patreon that you can support and donate whatever you'd like every month. Um, we also have our YouTube page that holds all of the vodcasts for each of these episodes. So instead of watching the podcast, you can watch there. Um, and yeah, we have our, our Twitter where we were active as well and keep everyone up to date with what's going on with the team. Excellent. So as much as... As much as Brood was, you know, informing of you, you of all those things, I'm going to command everybody who's listening to you to check out the things that this this man was mentioning. I was oh. going to point that way first, and then <laughs> sort of like got my own head the wall, sort of thing. But yeah, no, I command you: follow our Twitter, download all of our vods, go to our <laughs> website, give us all your money on Patreon, and all the other stuff that you said. <laughs> Buy the merch. <laughs> Right. So we did, we talked about quite a bit of stuff today, guys. Um, uh, but I think it was, I, I think we covered a lot of, uh, of, of hot button issues. You know, we talked about, um, what's going on in the, uh, the tournament scene, which is going on right now that we're an hour into the HT, uh, HCT tournament. I can't wait to, to get out of here and pop over there to see, to see where the yeah. standings are at. Um, and watch some of the VODs of that later on. Um, we discussed what's going on in the meta. I think I think we made a lot of compelling arguments for and against changes, but I think we did definitely dove into a deep discussion about why the decks that we're seeing are the ones that we're seeing, um, and some mm-hmm. possible um, evolutions that we could see to the meta as a result of that. Um, and then we, you know, we kind of discussed some decks that maybe not everybody is talking about because everybody on Reddit and Twitter and everywhere else is obsessed with like four decks. Um, <laughs> And so hopefully we gave you guys some 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 insight and, and some other things to look at to find some fun ways to enjoy the game without getting frustrated if you're seeing the same um, two or three decks in 75% of your matchups. So I do want to, I think a fun way to, to make this outro happen for the show is we did have one question and I think we all just, first thing that comes to mind, you say it and we'll go from there. But who cares did ask, what is the current worst deck in Hearthstone? Go. Warrior anything. Pogorog. <laughs> Silence Priest. Oh, good answer. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, <laughs> thanks for tuning in once again to uh, the eighth episode. Now, eight. We're into two full months of the show now of The Orbit. Um, we appreciate you guys um, tuning in and uh, giving us your time and attention. As always, um, my name is Azrael, Azrael as it gets. Um, and uh, I, I'd like to thank everyone for being here. Um, as always, I'm joined by um, Mr. Exiles Rhythm and, uh, and, and Root Clouds. Hello.
Everyone have a great day, and we will catch you next Wednesday right back here at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific for another installment of The Orbit. Until then, have fun. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.